Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 112 of Lay Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Second Technician, Fozzer Forrester, and joining us in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are Head of Station Entertainments, Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Good evening, folks. Uh, the Station's Chief Archivist, Mr. Colin Ford. Good evening, everybody. And, of course, our Head of Health and Safety, Mr. Ben Ross Woodward. It's far too hot in here. It is hot. It is very hot. I've just actually had to go and get a, a bandana and put it on because I am literally dripping. Um, but we've got a thunderstorm going on outside, which is uh, hopefully not going to come over the recording. Or, in fact, kill my recording. But um, we also have a standing by, and literally standing by because he can't sit, and I'm not even sure if he's going to be able to get to his microphone. Uh, in the background, we have our chief bar steward, Mr. Grant Psycho-Cow Wilcox. Hello. Yes, I'm slowly recovering, so I'm just monitoring the stream and everything. Doing all the things that technical things should be done that we don't normally do, but I can. <laughs> Hello. You can do standing up. Yes, things I can do standing up that don't uh, cause the, the well. I mean, it's hot and it's hot in Glasgow as well. So I've got that hot, and then you've got the sweat pain from the sweats from pain hot, so which really drive you mad when you just feel ah, bloody miserable. But I think I'm on the mend. I should be back reporting for normal duty next week with all the best luck in the world. Oh, mate. Yeah, all your regulars definitely miss you behind the bar, mate. <laughs> Uh, I've noticed that someone's been helping themselves to the Lavian brandy again. <clears throat> Let's just move on and introduce our special guest that we've got for this episode. That would be Andre, aka Commander Marshall, from the Paladin Consortium. Good evening, sir. Evening, all. Nice to be here. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, I should just say, just as a quick intro as to why it is that we've had to draft in a uh, spectacular ringer. Um, we've all been playing a little bit of the, the game since the update, and obviously the AI improvements has caused mm, certain members of the crew, me, um, some issues when it comes to combat. So what's our main topic for this week's going to be? It's going to be a battle school. Battle what? A battle school. Um, and Andre, who has a certain amount of prowess, shall we say, in combat, is here to give us some tips and tricks and basically teach me how to run away, or at least not get blown up as badly as I have been. Okay, well, if you wish to, you can join us live. We're going to be hanging out um, somewhere around the Lave system. Jarvis, what's your plans for this evening? So I'm currently hanging around outside the Lave Radio Sidewinder. I'm about to crash into it. Let's not do that. Um, and uh, Andre is going to just give us some uh, survival tips in terms of evading the new AI. Um, depending on if there's time, you know, maybe we'll get him to give us some tips on uh, combat under the kind of new 2.1 rules, because I still haven't got to grips with projectiles actually being worth having. Um, <laughs> but uh, but to start off with, to start off with, if if all we do this week is give people a little bit more of a chance in terms of uh, just getting clear of the new AI when you get interdicted, that will be, I think, very worthwhile. Great stuff. Okay. Uh, well, if you can't get into game, we're also around on the IRC chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com forward slash live. And of course, as always, we're hanging out on twitch.tv forward slash laveradio. Okay, what we're going to do, we're going to jump straight into what development news we've had over the last week, uh, fly through that, and then really get stuck straight into our uh, main topic, which is, of course, combat. So, uh, starting us off, I think the most important thing that is coming out of the dev news, out of the newsletters this week, is, of course, the spaceship bobbleheads. No? 
No, 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 nobody is feeling the, the low. Okay, there might be a few more things that are slightly more pressing. Um, how about the uh, the weapons bug that has been plaguing us since we've gone live? Uh, Frontier Developments have very kindly said that they're going to reimburse any insurance costs of getting killed between the 2.1 release and now. And this is to fix the, the recent surge of unsanctioned and legally modified weapons that the NPC AI seem to be having over recent days. So the Pilots Federation have agreed to reimburse all insurance payouts made over this period. Now, Colin, I'm sure that is uh, music to your ears, is it not? Well, yes, it is because it. <laughs> I've lost three T9s since 2.1. <laughs> uh, basically, That's just careless. <laughs> um, no, let's just say it is it's certainly gone up a, a level of difficulty that I cannot believe, especially um, on the trade routes that I used to run. And I've now come to the conclusion that anarchies I steer clear of which is what I wanted, and it's definitely a case of care for what you wish for. <laughs> uh, but it does mean that I have to use secure systems. And I'm now, I think I've gauged that I am in the T9, I can probably take out as much as a, a Cobra, but if anything more than a Cobra comes after me, I've got no chance. So I have to dump cargo. The only okay. problem I have is I can't dump fast enough. Make it that what you will. <laughs> I'm sure you can take certain tablets to help with that, mate. But um, before, before we go any further down that particularly slippery slope, um, I take it you're just suffering from being interdicted as opposed to trying to actually use it as a combat vessel. Yeah, well, obviously, I'm, I'm not stupid enough to take a min-max trade vessel <laughs> into a combat zone. <laughs> no, this is just plain, forward, straightforward piracy. Uh, and I've also come to the conclusion that you do not run trade missions because the ships that they send after you are normally a lot more than you can handle. So it's just trading all the way for me at the moment. Okay. Now, obviously, was it last week or the week before uh, where we were talking about, you know, if you're a trader, you're pretty much gimped from the uh, from the get-go. I take it this is a, a T9 with shields with a certain amount of guns oh. to try and fight back? Oh God, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not min-maxing completely stupid. I mean, we're, we're talking uh, a decent set of shields. We're talking beam laser turrets. We're talking uh, a double backup t- uh, beam lasers. We've got, I got two um, of the turrets to take care of missiles, point defense turrets, uh, and which, to tell you the truth, the AI really, really know how to use their missiles, don't they? <laughs> uh, so I've just I've just been uh, just quickly had a look on the uh, the Twitch stream and saw a message coming in on Jarvis's screen about uh, complaining about uh, us moaning and uh, about the AI and the fact that uh, T nines now have a reason to use their shields as opposed to just filling them up with uh, with extra cargo space. No, I mean for instance, yeah, I mean if you are going to go in an unshielded T nine, you deserve everything you bloody get. However, <laughs> I'm shielded. <laughs> and I'm just I'm just finding out that yeah I, I was hoping to have enough cash for a Ferdinand and I'm now wondering whether or not I'm going to have a T my, any T9s left or can I afford a T9 in approximately 3 4 <laughs> four more trade trips so what's the um what's the cost the repair cost the insurance cost the buyback cost of a T9 at the moment well the T9 that I've got and remember I've got alpha backing uh, uh alpha backing uh, insurance so mine is two and a half uh, two million eight hundred thousand but the main cost that i've got to deal with is the fact that my cargo is worth a lot more than that yeah so 
for every T9 I've lost, I've lost about 5 million credits a go. Wow. And when I've only got 25 million credits to start with, only got 25 million credits, Jesus, that means I'm, I'm, I'm down to three, three lives left, if you see what I like. <laughs> oh dear okay so uh, so you could definitely do with some tips at the very least to uh, how to break those interdictions and how to uh, to escape as opposed to getting uh, getting owned yeah those kind of things would be handy except I, t- <laughs> I think breaking an interdiction is probably the, the the best thing you can do because if you, as soon as you drop down the t9 just wallows and, and i'm sorry i, I don't I've, I've yet to see a pilot manage to escape something like an asp in a T9, regardless of whether it's a an AI or whether it's a human, anything more than that, you yeah, you might as well just say, yeah, phew, go on then. <laughs> I'm dead anyway. Okay, um, right. Just out of interest, is anybody interested in the uh, the spaceship bobbleheads? I know we were talking off air about uh, some cool things that would uh, would be nice to have on these things, such as. Being able to Ben, was it you that was saying it would be nice to actually put skins that you own onto your own bobblehead? So if you've got custom skins, it would be nice to be able to de- deck them out onto your, you know, your ship bobblehead as well. Yeah, that was. Oh, was it know, Jarvis? I, Sorry. Um, Jarvis said your skin. I said any skin that we own. Oh, that was. It. No, yeah. What I, what I was saying is I'd like a bobblehead which is whatever my ship currently looks like from the outside, as a bobblehead. So, like, as you change your loadout or livery, your bobblehead kind of stays up to date. Because it is this kind of running joke that, you know, we, we spend all this money on skins, which we are never going to see. <laughs> we are the only yeah. people in the game that don't see what our ships look like. So, actually, having a bobblehead that says, this is what you currently look like, I think it'd be great. Um, They've only got three ships at the moment. They've only got the Anaconda, the Cobra. Cobra and the Viper. Well. They kind of look cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they look cute. They, they look cute. I'm sure more will follow. They've got the models, then I'm sure they'll uh, they'll start eking more things out. But I mean, I would quite like to see them be reflected as a, as a damage model. So every time you take a hit and something, your, your, dash, <laughs> your, your dash sort of has a little sort of spark, and then suddenly there's a hole in the side of your anaconda or something like that. You know, and I can hear the devs rolling their eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> what we need to do is we need to talk to David Brave and make him think it's a good idea, and then the devs really need to roll their eyes. I don't. <laughs> think talking to him about bobbleheads might be a good idea you see i missed out and I, i'm really gutted because i missed out on the david braben bobblehead and yeah now that i can't get it I, i'm desperate to uh, try and find a way of buying it i'd love to have a david braben bobblehead and if you have an xbox you can get it for your xbox i don't have an xbox i have a playstation 4 which is again something we were talking about offline um Way back when, they, there were talks about this going multi-platform. And so far, obviously, we've got the PC, we've got the Xbox. We've heard nothing at all about the PlayStation 4, have we? No, but um, they did say, they said ages ago that we'd be mad not to consider it. Well, this is it. You know, and it's been a long, long time. I know we've, it's sort of dropped off the radar and everybody's kind of forgotten about it, but... Yeah, we've got a fantastic Xbox One community joining the Elite Dangerous crowd. Um, how cool would it be to also have the PlayStation 4 guys playing with us at the same time? I mean, there are rumors that Microsoft are considering being able to cross-platform between the Xbox and, and the PC. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, they have made overtures to PlayStation to try and 
you know, to Sony to say, why don't we all just go for one big shared uh, intermediary, <laughs> if you like. But uh, as, uh, as we've heard nothing from it. Well, I've heard something about that. I think it's called the Internet. Yeah, and also I think PlayStation 4 have been doing that, and PlayStation Sony have actually you know made that offer to Microsoft, and you know I think they their reply was we're happy to speak to anybody that wants to have an open platform. Yeah, we always have been sort of thing. So I thought it was quite interesting that Microsoft said that to uh, to <laughs> Sony when Sony have been doing that sort of stuff for ages. I mean, there has been some collaboration between Sony and uh, PC gamers in the past, and I'm sure uh, yeah. they've already been playing you know, in a. Portal with a PlayStation 3 person. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a link up between PlayStation and Steam as well, if I'm remembering correctly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's not the first time this idea has been raised, and it certainly wasn't by Microsoft. But, again, it would be great if we could have one big universe and have the, the console guys and the PC guys, regardless of which console it is, uh, playing in the same universe. It'll be... Uh, It'll be awesome. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Christmas. Maybe we can have that as a Christmas present. You know, that, that, now the devs really have to roll their eyes. Um, it's not much to ask for, is it? A new console conversion for Christmas? Only if you've been very, very good. Yeah, that's never going to happen, though, is it? Let's be honest. Right at the um, moment, they're probably going, oh, God, we give them a galaxy, and then, geez. <laughs> uh, anything else that people want to pick out of the uh, the dev news or the uh, or the newsletter? It's been, it's been a little bit light. Obviously, all the guys are, are head down trying to quash the bugs in the AI and quash the bugs with the, um, with the multi-cannon plasma accelerators and stuff. So... Uh, there hasn't been a, a huge amount coming out of the uh, the devs this week. Yeah, but the press have had a field day with that. They've all they've said, "Oh no, Skynet has now been debugged." Have <laughs> 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 you read PC uh, PC Gamers review of it? They just went, "Well, uh, yeah, thank I think we dodged a bullet on that one, guys." <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen any of the the, the press fallout from uh, from this particular round of bugs. I take it it's been uh, entertaining, has it? It has actually. It's been quite. It's been very good natured, um, <laughs> considering the way that Frontier have actually handled it by refunding all the, <laughs> or refunding all the insurance and blaming it on uh, <laughs> on the on a pilots federation error and so on. At least they've <laughs> kept it kind of in game, if you like. Uh, if they hadn't have uh, refunded people to some degree, I think you would have had a lot of complaints. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, what we will do. I mean, actually, before we do that, I've, I've just realised in, in in my haste to get going with the show, I haven't actually asked you what you guys have been up to. So, why don't you tell me what in game you have been up to in the last week? Uh, starting with our guest, Andre. What have you been up to, sir? What's the Paladin Consortium been up to? Well, Paladin Consortium been up to um, quite a bit. Um, our minor faction has expanded into another system um, and we've also been um, having some of our guys up in near the start systems helping you guys so up in LHS 3447 and Cremaden we've just been supporting guys up there just giving them hints tips things like what I'm going to run through a little bit later um, so yeah it's all good how have you been doing that have you been doing that through the the in-game uh, yeah. comms channel yeah wow. just just hailing folks saying, hey, do you need any help? Do you need any support? If you do, we're here to help. <laughs> uh, which is fantastic. But what's been the uh, player response? Because every time I hail people, they immediately turn tail and run away. Yeah, I don't know if it's off. just my commander name or, or what it is. You know, If they've ever seen me in combat, they should realize they've got absolutely nothing at all to fear. But I think there's just this innate sort of um, 
uh, what's the word? Um, skepticalness, uh, paranoia. Yeah. Like everybody that opens the hailing commands with you is going to be a pirate. Yeah, I mean, what helps is if you're in a smaller ship. So if you're in a Sidey or a Cobra, it tends to help instead of being in a you know a Python or an Anaconda. Um, <laughs> but we've got some particularly adept chaps. Um, one of our guys called Slash. Slash. Um, he's very good at opening comms to guys and um, giving them help. You know, we'll just go bounty hunting with them, get them from a Sidey into a Cobra. Um, yeah, and it's been, I mean, some people do run off, but I'd say probably about a 30% of people reply and go, oh, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> it still kind of uh, proves my point, though. If you still have a 60% turn and run rate. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we are quite a paranoid uh, culture at the moment, which is, uh, I think it's quite entertaining. And maybe, we, yeah, a good healthy dose of paranoia in this universe, especially with the new AI is possibly not a, not a bad thing. But um uh, I also read that you, uh, as well as being uh, a member of the, the Paladin Consortium, you're also one of our wonderful truckers as well. I am one of the Hutton truckers as well. Yeah, I've been on um, many a convoy, and um, I look forward to this is going to be an anniversary run soon. There is going to be an anniversary run, yes, indeed. Yeah, so looking forward to that. That'll be uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I must admit, we all, uh, we all like taking our hats off and uh, putting our trucker hats on and going out there to uh, to the orbital. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, Colin, apart from, I suppose we already know what you've been doing over the last week. You've been losing T9 after T9 after T9, haven't you? Unfortunately so. Uh, unfortunately, my, apart from that, um, my game time has been severely limited by me building what I can only describe as bunny colditz. Um We've got a couple of new rabbits, and our back garden has now been converted into a pier, uh, into a, what well, looks like a prison camp right. <laughs> for them to run around in the middle. Okay, yeah. Con- considering the last piece of DIY you were working on was your pizza oven that was built into the side of your uh, your thing. I which take it that's works. got nothing... Well, which is great, but I take it there's no sort of correlation or, or connection no. between the, the rabbits and the pizza oven. No, although I have threatened the kids that if they don't look after them more, <laughs> if they don't clean out the hutch that little bit more, then, you know, we have the barbecue ready to fire if we need to. <laughs> oh, priceless. <laughs> Parenting at its best. I like uh, to think so. <laughs> uh, ben, what have you been up to in game? I've been doing the oh the bounty hunting community gold and which one's that? Was that the uh, is that part of the, in, the dangerous uh, games? Nothing to do with the dangerous games. Um, just doing the stuff in in Mehat, oh Mehet, whatever you pronounce it, uh, yeah. and like Colin, I kind of got hurt a little bit. Um, I wound up actually going from a third lance into a python, and eventually back actually back actually to a vulture, just because I think I think that fits me better than the other two ships. Um, I just I love its maneuverability, but we can come into that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some absolutely fabulous fights, though. I, I was going up against a master or deadly or something like that. I was going up against more advanced AI, even diamondbacks. And they were proving really quite challenging, which was so much fun. Yeah. I yeah. know I know this won't fall into Jarvis's cup of tea, but we were doing it winged up with people, which obviously made it a lot easier. Yeah, uh, definitely. I'm not saying it's not my cup of tea. Well, yeah. Get, yes. I'm saying I just I'm saying I just don't want that to be a minimum requirement for being able to play the game. Yeah. 
Oh, I was I was able to solo all, all, a lot of them as well, and I was doing that, but it made it a lot easier with friends. Okay, Jarvis, what have you been up to? I've not. I've been to a wedding, so I've not had any time to play the game at all. Um, hence, why one of the reasons we were slightly late starting this evening uh, is because at five minutes to Twitch, I fired up the Elite Dangerous launcher uh, and discovered it had been patched since last week's show. So I needed the update. Um, but yeah, no, I've not been able to get in game uh, really at all uh, in the last week. Played a little bit after last week's show, um, but yeah, had to sadly had to abandon a mission because it was on a um, it was to destroy skimmers at a ground base, and I just kept getting murdered over and over again. So uh, I had to sadly I had to just abandon that mission, which was a real pity. But um, yeah. <laughs> Wow. I did get I did get I did get half an hour to look at a slightly different game because I got a uh, beta uh, access thing for it as a thing called Atlas Reactor. So anyone who likes uh, turn-based games but wants something a bit more PvP, uh, give it a look. It's very complicated. Um, it's again, yeah, it's very confusing, but um, it's quite good fun. Uh, and yeah, it's basically I think what they're I think what they're trying to aim for is something like XCOM meets MOBA. So it's it's turn based, but everyone takes their turn at the same time, and you have twenty seconds to decide what you're going to do. So the pace is, you know, pretty good. Okay, and as one of their new beta access players, do you really think they want you broadcasting to the world that their game is quite complicated? Is that the sort of feedback they're going to want? I think if I think if they're going for the MOBA crowd, they want it to be something with a lot of complexity. Um, for my personal taste, if you're in a four v four match. And there are something like 20 different player classes. Each of those player classes has eight different abilities. Actually assessing what's going on on the battlefield and making decisions is, is quite hard for a newcomer. But I think if they want it to appeal to the MOBA crowd and the eSports crowd, it needs to have that flexibility and that complexity of design. I think if it was me, if I was designing it for me, I'd simplify the whole thing down to like eight different characters. Um, but then it would it would become quite a... A straightforward um, process. Um, I think you know it plays well, even with the slightly random factor. It plays very well, um, and I think at the moment you, you know it's only really text chat, uh, which isn't really conducive to sort of putting together a strategy for people. If you played it over like a Teamspeak server and you actually had a pretty coordinated team, I think you could come up with some quite special strategies in that game. Like I say, just not 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 really a massive amount of time to look at it. Not really a massive amount of time to play anything really recently. That's so, fine. So you haven't really come up against the uh, the new AI, or you haven't spent much time against the new AI yet. I, I have in in the in the sense of ground bases. Um, I've lost a ship and three SRVs so far to to ground bases. Um, having failed several times with the SRV to destroy skimmers, I thought, you know what? I'll just fly in with my ship and take them out from the air. I got hit by a single missile which stripped my entire shield bank. <laughs> uh, and then basically I was dead in the next five seconds. So that's a torpedo, not a, not a missile. <laughs> well, I, this is another reason I need a tutorial, because um, in terms of the projectiles in Elite Dangerous, I'll, I'll be completely honest, up to this point in the game, I have completely ignored projectiles as a, as a weapon in this game, either in terms of, you know, I haven't had a ship with a missile, and I haven't... Well, you know, when you, previously, prior to 2.1, if I saw a thing on my scanner that said missile incoming, I'd just look at it and think, well, it's not going to do any damage to my shields. So I'll ignore yeah. it. 
Um, I think that situation is now very different. Um, I mean, I assume it was a missile that hit me. All I know is I heard the war, a warning incoming missile. And the next thing I knew, I had no shields and I was down to 80% hull. So, you know. Interesting. Okay. I'm assuming the ground bases have also benefited from the AI upgrade. I don't know that, but I'm, I'm assuming it. Oh, yeah, not they have. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know either, but yes, but looking at the text chat and everything else that's going on, uh, it seems to be that the, the consensus is that, yes, the AI on planets is also improved. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, Although, I, <laughs> if it hadn't, sorry, I would have changed from... Uh, so just to answer the question that's in Twitch chat, um, it was a a three-plus base, um, but it was it was listed as low security, um so i'm not a hundred percent sure now in the difference between what the plus is and the high medium and low security statuses are for ground bases because i thought low security meant it didn't have many guns but i don't think that can be true <laughs> so um well, it sounds like they only needed one missile launcher to take you out well quite <laughs> it wasn't you know what i'll tell you the other thing that slightly didn't help with it the base i was assaulting was in the bottom of a crater or it was on the side wall of a crater um, and it was night so i was trying to do the whole thing with my headlights i, I was just <laughs> you know so i i couldn't entirely say to you that whether or not a laser actually destroyed me in the end or whether i ran into the side of the crater <laughs> trying to um, either way it did not go well <laughs> i wonder i wonder if ai gets bonus if you're approaching somewhere with your headlights on you know that's like saying hey i'm over here give us a shoot <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wonder if they factored that into the development of it all um from my side of things i uh, obviously installed the the update and i had been parked outside uh, rubigo doing my standard passenger missions uh from rubigo to wherever they needed to go um and i was a little bit disappointed to find out that rubigo had been uh, nerfed and there was no longer any mission board at rubigo uh so i had to do the, the horrible sort of uh, jump of shame all the way back to to Lave. Uh, I jumped into my Python to try and take out some uh, some AIs, and then I had a horrible sort of realization. I really suck at combat, and I thought because obviously I have a, a decent amount of cash behind me, I thought that if you just had a decent enough ship with a reasonable amount of weapons, that that was going to trump anything pretty much going and certainly in the old days with the ii and stuff you didn't you didn't care if it was a master or if it was dangerous oh boy did that change did that change very very quickly when i was getting my ass handed to me in this python uh, i stuck it out for about three days and i winged up with uh, with ben one night and the winging up was quite good fun but solo in a python i just i just couldn't do anything i absolutely sucked so changed over to a vulture for the last couple of days and i've done better in the vulture but still getting my ass handed to me by ships that really shouldn't destroy vultures just because they're either master or dangerous or even expert I've had uh, handed to me a few times. So the AI has definitely changed. And we're not whinging. I don't think any of us on the actual podcast are whinging about the fact that AI has been improved. I actually wanted this game to be a little bit more dangerous, a little bit more sort of sphincter twitching when you came up against some of these higher level uh, AIs. And they've definitely got that. Uh, but I think as a, as a community, we all need a little bit of remedial combat training just to try and get us back into uh, the situation where we were before, where we could actually survive in the galaxy. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to jump to a couple of adverts, and then when we come back, 
we're going to go into a battle school. On the far side of the bubble. On the dark side of an airless moon. On the slightly more interesting side of a ravine. There lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. I want fish. That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, muckabate, prickleback, soul, snook, tank, tang, wahoo, wabagum, banjo, banga, snook, soul, shad, scat, come on by with the long nose cat. This northern squad, hooma hooma nooka nooka wappa wappa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, Mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because you know space. Attention, attention. Second technician, Forrester to the arena. Second technician to the arena. The ringside vending machine is broken. Ah, uh, season the Lave Legionnaires have been having, who knew they had this sort of game in them? And what a time to show some form against the leaders, the unbeaten Ridgewart Rattlers. Both teams are playing at a frantic pace, and that flail it's screaming around the arena. Gang wrong there, Sykes. Both teams have been by the police with their Zoji Army uniform bound down. The addition of Proton Spice the Flail this season have already caused some interesting problems for the zone defenders. Barry Pastor Brooks and Ford Rose from the field. The defense are closing in like Michael's, but he pulls a Zed spin, and now he's clear. Through shortly, this being the decider, he shifts. Whoa! That's wide. That's heading straight for the crowd. Attention, attention, medical team to the arena. Medical team to the arena. Hi, I'm Trent Stephen Findlist Jr. And I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name is Pete and I'm a long distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leestee to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard working blue collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back, I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. 
Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent. That sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts. No need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics. Now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics. Because the family that grows old together goes cold together. And we're and back. We're back. <laughs> No, I love the fact that we still play that advert, even though the uh, Star Dreamer drive is no longer <laughs> part of the Elite Universe. Never I'm mind. sure we can retcon it back in there at some it's stage. Yeah. To, to front, for, for anyone who listens to that and is really confused, it's a reference to Frontier Elite 2, um, because every time you went to hyperspace between uh, one system and another, your clock jumped forward about four days. <laughs> so even, even though it felt like you were flying around the universe pretty quickly, actually even the simplest jump between like, Sol and Barnard Star would actually take you like the best part of a fortnight. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> to explain so, some of these jokes that were the, some of these things we wrote before we even knew what Elite Dangerous looked like. Yeah, that was, that was from our first batch of adverts, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, awesome. I still love it. I think it's. Uh, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> um, okay, so we're back. We go back with the the main topic for this episode, which is going to be uh, going to be Fight School, and just to give you some, <clears throat> I don't know, a, a baseline as to why it is that certainly I need this. Uh, <laughs> this remedial session more than maybe most uh some of you might remember that i ran out of fuel on one of the convoys that we did and had to be rescued by the fuel rats yeah you'd think i'd have learned but actually when i brought my vulture to the mehat a community goal uh so keen was i to get into the the hazardous res zones and get fighting i didn't even bother checking to see how much fuel i had left in my ship and the first major fight I got into, I tried boosting away, and before I knew what had happened, I got a message saying, you're out of fuel, drives closing down. And I just literally drifted into an asteroid, and then got my ass shot up by, I think it was actually a sidewinder. So that's the sort of level of skill we're talking about when it comes to my combat ability. So obviously we needed to bring in a ringer, and I'm so, so, so pleased that um, Andre has decided to come onto the show uh, this evening. Andre, that's the sort of level that we're talking about. Is there any way that you can help us? I hope so. Um, <laughs> and bef before we actually talk about combat, I think the important thing to talk about is how to run away. So how to do a Sir Robin first. <laughs> Um, no, I think that's uh, that's a great shout. But what I want to do before we just uh, kick into the um, <laughs> kick into the actual sort of hints, tips, tricks, and advice, um, I was thinking about this today. I wanted to get people in the mood, into the mood of sort of battle, into you know, get the blood burning, get the you know, get the adrenaline rush going. So we've created a quick quiz, uh, some famous movie quiz quotes uh, relating to battle, relating to combat. Um, and relating to sort of fighting. So keep your pen and paper at the ready. It's just for fun. But let's see how many of these you recognize. The first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League 
to defend the frontier against Sewer and the Kodan Armada. Yeah. Heroes hit! I'm going in after him! Impactors fight! Oh well. Who wants to live forever? <laughs> explosion and fire. make it better and we are back so how many of these did you get what us <laughs> some of those were not short no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, actually, there was a moment there there was a moment there where i was like oh it's a, it's a star trek movie but <laughs> i'm not sure i necessarily know which one it was and then it went on because it was like basically a quarter of the movie that just played <laughs> yeah. it was quite yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's sad because I know which one that is. You know which one it is. Yeah, for that uh, particular quote. If, if it had just been the thing where he said, "Where's my torpedo?" and he said, "It's there, Jim." If it had just been that, I'd have been racking my brains. <laughs> Good while. Uh, but actually, yeah. Mm. Sorry, I don't mean to criticise your editing prowess, Foz. You did a, you did an excellent. <clears throat> No, it's just the fact you used the word editing there, which I did none of, really. You know, I literally just cut and paste. So uh, I think I kept them under what we need to do in order to not pay royalties on any of those. So I think that was the only sort of stipulation we had. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, so that should hopefully get everybody in the mood um, for, uh, for a little bit of education, a little bit of uh, some uh, tips and tricks and uh, some hints as to how the hell it is that we survive in this brave new elite hang on, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are we giving people answers to that? Or are we just going to leave them hanging? Oh, God, no. I don't care if people know or not. I, I know what they are. I, I put it together. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay, carry on. Harsh. 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 <laughs> um, well, do you really want to know? I mean, it's. I thought it was quite I know, obvious. I, I know all of them, but... <laughs> I, I think know. most people know all of them. I don't think anybody's going to get stuck. If you do get stuck and you want the answers, then email info at laveradio.com just so we can laugh at you. I mean, give you the uh, the right answers. Um, okay. Um, Andre, you are obviously in-game Commander Marshall. You are a deadly combat pilot. Um, right. On this journey of, uh, of uh, upskilling us, uh, where exactly would you like to start? So you suggest that maybe escape being the better part of Valor, maybe. Um, yeah. We should maybe start there. Yeah, I mean, I think what I'll do is um, I'll talk through some of the techniques, and if you guys want to practice them, let's do it. Um, and please fire questions at me as I'm kind of rattling through stuff, um, if that sounds good. So just, 
Yeah, so just a question here then, just in terms of loadout. So in terms of this, rather than think about it in terms of a fighting thing, just in terms of basic basic escaping and survival. So I'm flying uh, an Asp Explorer at the moment. I've currently got 5A thrusters, which I think is the best thruster you can buy for the Asp Explorer. Yeah, I think off top of head. Memory uh, is right, yeah. I've got a 5B shield generator. Yeah. Uh, I'm not totally sure, other than obviously cheating and going to Shinrata Desra, I'm not sure where to pick up a 5A shield generator or if I could even afford one. But is there, I presume there is a 5A shield generator, and it is yes. presumably better. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've got one. Yeah, go to <laughs> okay. Shinrata. So, it's, it's not cheating. I know, you're, you're I it is cheating. <laughs> it's time-saving. I know, I know it is, I know it is, but I sort of feel like, because I know there's this place where you can just get everything, it sort of takes the fun out of the search. But yeah, yeah I appreciate yeah. the point, it is basically, it is the biggest um, supermarket in the galaxy. Uh, and what else might affect, so I've got a 4A power distributor, is that as good as it goes on the Asp Explorer? As far as I can remember, yep. Yeah. Okay. So is there is there anything else that affects escape? Affects escaping. So I've got a five B frameshift drive. If that was a five A, would I be escaping quicker? No. No. All that affects is how far you 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 know your jump range. Right. So it doesn't charge up. A five A doesn't charge up faster. No. Okay. Anything else? Everyone's going to think I'm a pirate now because I've got a. uh, You've got a frameshift interdictor. No, I've got a frameshift drive interdictor. Because um, uh, I do missions, you see, and if it says go and get somebody, then uh, you know, I'll probably do it. But anyway, uh, is there anything else that affects it? I've got a five A power plant. No, that's fine. I that's mean, fine. The- so in terms of in terms of manoeuvring and handling, my Asp Explorer is as good as it's ever going to be. Is it? Pretty much, unless you start slapping on hull reinforcement and armor on it, which will slow it down even more. You're pretty good unless you okay do do the engineers and mod mod your thrusters and stuff then you'll okay. be going a bit more whizzy okay awesome there's a couple of topics that i just want to quickly mention just i'm going to go through just that so you get an idea of what i'm going to talk about one is how to escape so things like interdiction another is pit management uh, another is loadouts and the last one is actually combat itself but i think it's really important that folks know how to get away um, what I touched on earlier about us being in Cremaine and the starter systems is teaching you folks how to high wake, i.e. get away from an attacker, because that's the quickest thing you can do. If you're interdicted, so you're interdicted, first thing to do is, okay, who's interdicting you? So you can use the hostile target button to find out who's interdicting you. And what you can also do is set your pips whilst you're being interdicted. And what I would suggest generally as a rule of thumb is put four pips to sis and maybe two to engines. Because typically, if you're, I don't know, if you're running a T9 or a T6 or you're trading, maybe you're in a Python or an ASP, is what you want to do is just run. So the quickest way for you to run is, yes, you can fight the interdiction, which you might win or you might lose. If you win, great. But if you lose, you're going to have a massive cool down on your frameshift drive, probably about 35, 40 seconds, which is going to cripple you, basically. So if it's an NPC, they're going to be hitting you 45 seconds or 35, 40 seconds or so. So what I generally advise people to do is just submit. Submit to the interdiction. 
put four pips to sys it's i can't stress how how important that is because what four pips to sys does is it gives you 2.5 strength to your shields so you can take 2.5 to the amount of damage that you can if you don't have four pips to your shields so people generally initially you just think oh crap four pips to engines i'm gonna run away i'm gonna run away but if you're in a if you're in a bigger ship you're not really going to be running away you're going to be waddling away aren't you so four pips and assist um, and then what you want to do is decide okay who's attacking me do i want to attack them or do i want to want to want to run off um if you want to run away you can either yep um going back to when you're actually getting interdicted yes have any effect what your pips are so would you have a better chance of evading interdiction if you got more and engines are out i asked a question i think it was to sandro months back i think it was to sandro it was mike evans and they replied saying no there's no correlation between what your pips are and what happens to the interdiction so i'm i'm a firm believer of setting your pips as if you're going to submit preparation for what happens yeah best. yeah so is it going to be fight or is it going to be flight um but as i say generally it's four pips to sis it it, it literally as i say gives you 2.5 strength to your shields so you can last pretty much for double the double the length um and if you want demonstration of that try shooting a friend with no pips to shields and four pips to shields or do a do a search on youtube there are some great videos on there that actually give you a you know they, they show it to you in time you know in some cases it's an extra 60 seconds wow. of, of of you know survival yeah so, in fairness i always just blast them straight into uh, engines and try and uh, yeah, run away try one yeah which is fine if you're in a cobra but if you're, if you're <laughs> in a condor or you're in another ship just put it all to all, all, all to your sis and then decide okay so imagine this scenario so you're going to run so what you don't technically do is run. You're putting all your power to your shields and having a bit of power into your engines. What you can then do is, if you flip to focus on your target and then boost past them, it will give you a few seconds because they have to turn around as well. And what you either <laughs> want to be doing is high waking <clears throat> or you want to be going back into super cruise. And there is a massive difference between both of those. If you're mass locked, i.e. there's your ship bigger than you. Um, and if you're not sure the ratings for mass locks, I would strongly suggest using, we've all heard of Coriolis, yeah. you know, this, the, ships, the ships thing. If you go to that main page on Coriolis, you can actually sort by ship builds and, and um, the mass lock factor. So you can see the big daddy of them all is the cutter. The cutter will mass lock everything. So it'll, it'll inhibit your frame shift drive into regular super crews um but what, what just as a, sorry just but just as an interesting point having just what just before we move on from the pips thing um yeah. i was just running some tests while flying around on twitch um it's interesting that with more because i thought that pips to engine would make a difference to your escape speed because obviously when you're maneuvering around yeah. pips to engine kind of gives you makes you faster if you like it does it but does it interestingly enough yeah, but interestingly enough, with two pips to engine, my top speed at boost was the same whether I had two pips or four pips. Four pips didn't give me an extra boost speed. I topped out 385. 
yeah. regardless mm. of what my top speed was, what, what my power setting was. Yeah, so I, I, as I say, it, it is interesting <clears throat> fiddling around with the pips because, I mean, initially, you know, when I first started playing back in um, beta, premium beta, I would always have, like you say, I'd, I'd have all my pips in engines um, and maybe one in shields and one in my guns. Um, but it doesn't work like that, and it takes a little while to a few kind of process, okay, shields. Yeah. But going back to mass locked, if if you're mass locked, it'll inhibit your frame shift drive. And I'm sure we've all been all, all been there. We're trying to do a server robin. We're charging up the frame shift drive and we're going, Oh bugger, it's still charging. Oh mass locked <laughs> factor by I don't know, twenty point four. Oh, it's still charging. Oh, it's shield start still charging. Oh, my shields have gone offline. Oh, my thruster's gone offline. Oh, yeah. buy screen. How to get away from that is high wake. So what you're doing is high waking out of that system into another one. So say if we're in lave, you, you want a high wake to Lesty, or you want a high wake to another system that's nearby. And that's not actually inhibited by the mass lock. So if and a, a cutter was mass locking you or a conda or a python maybe you're in a, i don't know a t9 and a and an anaconda interdicts you if you high wake out its mass won't actually lock you there so you'll you'll be able to get out of there in about 10 seconds eight to ten seconds so your survival time will be better so four pips to shields select another system to jump to and charge up your frame shift drive but obviously if you can turn to face your opponent and boost under or above or, or to the side of them because then it will give you a few seconds i know it sounds kind kind of counterintuitive but yeah I, I always think of you know the old warner brothers cartoon where a character's running away from a boulder in a straight line that's <laughs> what everyone tends to do that's exactly <laughs> that is exactly what i do that you is just run in a straight exactly line you've got this massive boulder following you will face the boulder and roll <laughs> under it that's interesting. That is interesting. I suppose what you really want to hope is if you're trying to pick a system to jump out to, you want to make sure that you're not in, you haven't been interdicted in one of those systems that has like 55 bodies in that you have to scroll through before you actually get to a new system. Yeah, the quick tip with that is to scroll up and it'll put you at the bottom of the list. Yeah, that'll take you to your furthest jump though. That's the only thing. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, well, another thing that you can do is if you're in a system and you think, well, there's a good chance that I'm going to be interdicted now, is select that Set system. Filters. Before. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So even yeah. before you're interdicted, you've already got a high wake system to select and to jump to. So you're kind of, you know, two steps ahead, as it were. There's something that I actually really like about that gameplay wise, and I know I always jump in on these sorts of things, but there was um, one of the bits of uh, official fiction for Elite Dangerous, and you'll have to forgive me because even though I worked on the majority of them, I can't remember which one it was, but one of the writers mentioned a pilot pre-locking a, a another system as his kind of escape jump oh really okay as soon as, as soon as he came out of super cruise i can't remember which story it was but as soon as he came out of super cruise into the system he was in he automatically locked onto like his escape jump yeah. just in case he got jumped i can't remember whose it was but it was it was quite nice in the story and i remember thinking oh it's not something that really happens in in the game but actually it'd be really nice if it sort of comes full circle and then that now does become a um, I think through. someone's actually saying, yeah, someone's actually saying in Twitch chat, you can map a key to select next system in route. Oh, right, that's if you get jumped between one 
if you're on a if you're on a uh, a convoy yeah and you're, uh, you you get jumped yeah if you get jumped i suppose between one system and another but i think that's i mean how likely is that my understanding is really is you're, you're most likely to get interdicted traveling between the main sequence star and an in-system destination you don't normally get jumped between points of a trip do you or has that changed as well now you can get interdicted pretty much anywhere. I mean, if you, particularly if you're on power play, you'll get yeah. the NPCs interdicting you left, right, uh, and centre. And also, if you're doing any of the uh, passenger missions from uh, what was Rubigo, yeah. uh, you can quite easily get pulled out from uh, from stars as soon as you land, which is a bit of a pain. Um, just uh, just before we move on, and I'm going to try and keep everybody everybody moving on. Um, the thing where you used to sort of power down and submit to interdiction it never used to spin you around when you came out as if you were fighting it but now it seems to do that is that no, just that failed. no that's a failed um that's when you've throttled down too slow and the interdiction's actually won before you've throttled down because i know sometimes you know if, if you lose the interdiction you spin around like you're on a merry-go-round yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it's because You've slow. You've you've submitted too quickly, and you know sometimes you get those bon- bonkers interdictions where an NPC <laughs> will interdict you, and it will fly all over the place, and it'll be an insta win for the NPC. Yeah, and that and that's pretty crappy to be honest. Um, and there's not a huge amount that you can do that do about that because you're then going to have that 40 second cool down and that's really where in those odd instances when that happens the four pips to sis is really going to generally save your bacon uh, okay fine it's just, that seems to be the norm for me I don't know if that's because I'm just dilly dallying going I wonder if I can win this I wonder if yeah. I should just uh, submit, I'll just submit sub- submit straight away yeah, that yeah usually, okay. but, e- but even then even if you do submit straight away occasionally you still do get those random it'll just go whack and you lose it and it will count as a as a, a completed interdiction as opposed to a submitted interdiction. But okay, interesting. So we've uh, we've talked a little bit about escaping, and we've talked a little bit about uh, pip management. Um, what about uh, the, the pips in terms of engines and and turning speed? Because I know a lot of people have been talking about sort of, and you were there talking about facing your opponent and and boosting towards them. I'm one of the Warner Brother characters that runs straight away from the from the boulders, and I've never thought about turning towards my opponent. I'm a little bit too much of a brave Sir Robin. I literally just hightail it in the straight line away from him. So, explain to me the the turning see, see, to your opponent, how that happens. Three PO sitting next to me saying, "Sir, the chances of this, uh, the chances <laughs> yeah. of surviving a pirate assault on a pirate are exactly twenty five million to one." Yeah, just imagine oh. you've got uh, a 3PO next to you. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, if you've got your... Uh, imagine you're going into the, the, the interdiction. You've got full power in all of your three areas. So you've got full power in system. And you've got four pips in system as well. You've got two pips in your engine, but you've got full charge in your engine. And your weapons are, imagine they're still fully charged. If you submit, then immediately turn flight assist off off or on rather and start and boost and then face your opponent and you'll fly under them i mean it doesn't work always if they're in a really really nimble ship i mean diamondbacks are probably the number one pain in the backside ships just because they're so so very agile um, okay but before it does we go work. any further on that um this uh, flight assist off button you seem to think exists um where does one find that um you can map it in your settings yeah 
if you go into your settings in the options menu, there's a bot, there's a, there's a, a, a toggle, there's a, an option where you can either set it as a toggle. So you just press a button either on your hot ass or on your keyboard or on a joypad to switch it on. And then you press it again and it'll turn it off. Or you can have a hold version. Whenever you hold down that key, it'll enable flight assist off. And then when you release it, it'll turn it off. Okay, and obviously I'm you know well versed with the whole flying without the assist mode on, but just for those you know people that are new to the game, what exactly does that flight assist off button do? It allows full. It's is it Newtonian physics in space, so you can control your all of your thrusters on the ship instead of it being more of a. I think arcades is too light a word, i.e. you're thrusting and you're flying in the direction you're pointing. Yeah. With flight assist off, you're controlling all of your sets of thrusters. So that's your big engines at the back. And you've got your horizontal and vertical thrusters that you can control independently. So you've got much, much better control of your ship. And it's much more precise. But it is also quite tricky um, it's actually very tricky to master and it. it will take if you're trying to do something like land with flight assist off it is an art into itself it is one of those things though the more you practice the better you get so okay try it so, I mean, in, in space in blank space it's good because you can't crash into things unless you're in the <laughs> side so go for it you, you know you may end up just rolling around all over the place but yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm trying to blag the fact that I know all about flight assist. I've never switched flight assist off since I think the the first alpha. Uh, when I realised, I thought, "Oh God, that makes things hard." Let's just switch that back on and never press that button again. So, with the new AI, do you think that it's, you know, it's imperative that people learn about flying with the flight assist off, or can people still get by with the you know, yeah, the safety I mean, wheels on? Yeah, people can still get by. I, I just think it just adds an extra tool to your toolbox if you know how to do that. I mean, particularly. I know Ben and I were talking, I think, yesterday about the NPCs that keep circling you. And it's yeah. just like, for God's sake, I can't. Can you just stay in front of me so I can kill you, please? Um, yeah, that, that's I, me too. So we'll yeah. be coming on to that uh, scenario as well. And <laughs> Yeah, flight assist off will help with that. Um, right, okay. As long as you, yeah, there's a couple of other techniques that I can talk about. Um, but are you okay for me to jump on? Yeah, the please it's, do. Absolutely. It's, it's quite quick what I'm just going to talk about. But bearing in mind, we're in the scenario that um, you're doing, I don't know, you're doing res, res hunting or you're doing, you're doing a bit of bounty hunting. Now, I've seen a lot of players, and I can hold my hand up to this, it, thinking, oh, great, I'm in a, an asp or I'm in a python. I'm going to load it all with beams because there's nothing more fun than having lightsabers in space you know where, where, where. but ah uh, guilty oh dear sorry i'm just crashing something um, but the worst thing about that is it will rip your power from your weapons really really quickly um so i just think with loadout it's it's i i personally have a mixed loadout i'll have kinetic weapons which generally take very little power to the weapons and i'll have some thermal weapons like I, one beam and maybe a couple of poles because they're low power because one thing that you won't be able to do is you won't be able to fire all the time if you've got four pips in sis obviously your weapons capacitor you may shift the two that are in your engines to your weapons it's not going to charge as quickly and when you get good you can juggle you know you can take those four pips from your sis and put them into your weapons so that you can then fire continuously or not as the case may be but if you're just starting out of that nice little comfort zone 
if you wanted to go, an ASP is a lovely ship for doing this, go for all multi-cannons. Nothing more like a massive amount of daka daka from, from an ASP with six <laughs> multi-cannons on the noise that it makes. It's great. Uh, admittedly, you've got limited ammo, but you know, you've got that little bit of a cushion. You've got four pips to your shields, so you can take a bit of a bit of a pound in, and you can continuously fire your weapons. Um, so so how's it? Yeah, you know, just go back to basics. How does it work in terms of you know what uh, does thermal just damage people's shield? And then I always thought that you, you hit people with thermals until their shields disappeared, and then you move to your kinetic weapons to do more damage to hull. Is that still the case? Yeah, that that that's still the plan, um, and that still works. I mean, but some people, if you look at you know other builds some people will just have multi-cannons and multi-cannons do do probably more damage to shields than they should right you know if i'm honest they do, they do have a fair amount of damage to shields but yeah generally you're right you know the thermal weapon is like a beam use it to strip a shield and the multi-cannon or a cannon to kind of crack the hole of of what you're fighting against Okay, and what about I mean, other things in terms of loadouts? The other things that I just do not touch because I haven't got a key map for them or in fairness know how they work. Things like you know shield cell banks, heat sinks, shield boosters, all those sort of good stuff. All that fun stuff. Okay, first thing, I'll, I'll talk about the one that you don't, you don't generally want to use, and that's the ECM. It doesn't, it's got a big charge up, and it's, it nullifies all of the, um, the missiles around you, but I've never seen it work properly i don't know if it's bugged i don't know if it does actually work properly but it sends out this lovely kind of big blip that's supposed to knock the missiles out but it doesn't kind of work i think the best thing is point defense mm. um if you're getting we well, you probably all noticed npcs now seem to be missile happy they'll keep firing missiles at you um point defense is a good defense um sometimes it's not as good as it's supposed to be sometimes it will let the odd missile missile through but if you are fighting NPCs um, and you've got the spare utility mount, having a point defense, you know, doesn't do any harm. As for shield boosters, and these are different from shield cell banks, shield boosters increase your maximum shield strength. So imagine you've got a shield strength of, I don't know, let's say 500, a, 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 an A-class shield booster will increase that shield strength by 20%. So immediately you're, you're slapping on an extra 100 strength to your shield to 600. So putting those on is great. However, the downside is the power draw. Right. So you've got to kind of balance. Well, do I have shield boosters? Okay, if I've got shield boosters, I can't have many thermal weapons because they also take a lot of power. Again, so it, that's a nice balance with the kinetic weapons so you could take a multi-cannon or a cannon instead of so there's all i think frontier have done a really good job with kind of balance you know that juggling act you can't have all the sweets in the shop at the same time you've got to kind of you know get that happy medium well you say that but ben uh, you and i were talking just before we came on air about the different types of shield and what were you saying about that i was just wondering what's the difference between a biweave shield and a normal shield difference is biweave shields are weaker but they recharge faster if you're doing if you're doing a hit and run combat biweave might be better but they're up and down i thought of a rude joke but i won't say it um, <laughs> they're up and down very quickly up and down faster than collins rabbits <laughs> yeah yeah well considering um, they've been neutered that would be unlikely <laughs> um, <laughs> they're, they're they're weaker but they 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 recharge quicker 
Um, so the downtime for a shield with this by wave may be 10 seconds, whereas if you had a standard shield, it might be 15 seconds. So it takes a bit longer. There is a power play specific shield called prismatic shields, which are even stronger than a normal shield. But the downside to that is that they take forever to recharge. So if you lose your shield, you're basically scuffed for 30 seconds, 40 seconds. It's probably a bit longer than that. So it's kind of kind of that ha that, that happy medium. Do you want to sustain in a battle? Are you going to be slugging it out? If so, regular shield. Are you going to be whizzing in, doing a bit of doing some banging, and then running off really quickly? <laughs> Have a bi weave shield. That's great because you can. If you're, in a, if you're in a small ship like a Cobra or a Viper, bi weave might actually be really good. If you are, you know. Hit and run, hit and run, hit and run. Fantastic. If you're not, if you're in that, if you're in something like an asp and you're doing bounty hunting, a regular shield's probably going to be better than a than a bi wave. Yeah, I have to mind just got bi weave because it's purple. Yeah, and there's that. There's obviously the colour. Bi weave's purple. Regular shield is blue. And if you're prismatic, you're green. Uh, env environmentally friendly, so you're green. Yeah, so you've got a nice green shield. Um, and I take it the um, well. Why don't you talk us through uh, cell banks? And I take it they work the same for all shields. Yeah, I mean shield cell banks are, and I know there was a lot of um, a lot of division in the community when they were introduced as being health potions, you know, magic potions to restore your shields. Um, but they can, you know, make the difference between life and death. They do recover your shields to a set amount. And what I would suggest is using Coriolis to check what percentage or what amount to so say you've got a 500 shield a low level shield cell bank might give you 50 back of that shield a high level one may give you 300 so you're literally you know if you're being hit boy that that shield that shield cell bank is going to recover 300 points of your shield um so they can again they can make all the difference between life and death but with this release and the release before shield cell banks really go hand in hand with heat sinks because what shield cell banks have now is they've they generate a lot of heat so if you fire one without heat sinks you're going to end up cooking your ship and if you cook your ship you're going to end up with malfunctions and it, you, you could you know you get a malfunction thrusters or your weapons could go offline or you know if you're carrying cargo, your cargo hatch could be scuppered, so you end up losing all your cargo or part of it. Um, so I would always suggest every every shield cell bank, however many charges you've got, say three or four, have the same amount for heat sinks. Now, heat utilities you three heat sinks. So every time you use a shield cell bank, fire that, and the heat sink at the same time otherwise as i say you will cook yourself okay and what happens at that point i take it when you cook yourself basically modules just start failing and ship yeah, systems you, break down yeah you get the little barbecue on your hud everything starts sparking um and you could as i say you know you could get weapons knocked offline thrusters knocked offline frame shift drive knocked offline um so it's best to have if you're going to have shield cell banks have heat sinks. I think, you know, a, a lot of people, if they play, they don't, uh, they don't necessarily understand that. They'll try putting shield cell banks on, 
and use them and just think, well, what the hell's going on? You know, I'm killing myself. And you are, effectively, unless you've got heat sinks. Right, okay. That's good advice before I try messing about with it because I would be one of the people that says, uh, yeah, well, I'm just blown up yeah. by putting too many shield cells on. Okay, so that makes perfect sense to me. What about the uh, the various different sort of laser types, so turreted, gimbal, fixed, things like that? Yeah, so obviously with with it, with most weapons, not all, you've got a gimbal variation, a fixed variation, and a turreted variation. But not for all. Things like plasma accelerators are fixed, and rail guns, they're fixed. You can't get gimbaled versions, I think, because they'll probably be overpowered. Um, it's up to you. It's horses for courses. Generally, if you're, if you're experienced, you might want to try using fixed. Because um, it will fire you know, directly in front. There's no kind of slight gimbal. Well, there is a tiny little bit of gimbal with it. Um, I would suggest that people are starting out to use gimbals. Some people, some people say, oh, it makes you a lazy pilot. But it, it doesn't. If, if that suits your play style and you're happy with it, go for it. The only thing to remember with using gimbal, though, is if the NPCs or players, if you're fighting another player, they might start spamming chaff. And if they do, your gimbals don't lock on properly. You'll still damage the ship, but it won't be anywhere near as, as damaging as if you were using fixed. But one thing you can do if you've got gimbaled weapons and your opponent, your NPC is chaffing like there's no tomorrow, is deselect that target. And then you can just fire directly ahead as if it was a fixed weapon. Um, and the other... Go on. So... I used fixed a fair amount back in Alpha and Beta, and yeah. the advent of two point one, I thought, oh, okay, I'll go and I'll go and put some fixed uh, pulse lasers on or beam lasers or whatever it were. Yeah, and it felt like the the snap-on area of the fixed weapon had decreased. Is that just me remembering it wrongly, or do you know if it has decreased or not? I don't know if it has. Um... It's yeah. I I don't know. I, I it, it might you might be remembering it differently. Uh, but there is. But I, I know what you mean. There is. There was an ever so slight gimbal, and there still is with it. It does track very slightly. Whether or not that zone, as you say, is is decreased, I'm not sure. Is is the honest answer with that? Well, um, I can I just jump in there and say yes, you do get a slight amount of lock on because I'm stuck in the Zeon's uh, asteroid belt bounty hunting at the moment, and at extreme range you do get a little bit of lock on with fixed fixed weapons, but uh, I'd say uh, about 300 400 meters out, then uh, then that lock on goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it, it, much distance related then. I, I think it is actually, yeah, yeah. But there's 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 a handy little widget that you can turn on that not everybody knows about. And I let me <laughs> see if I can actually do it in the game if I can bring it up. If you go into your options, the mouse widget, you mean? Sorry, the mouse widget. No, not the mouse widget. This just gives you a dot in the center of your reticle, so you know exactly where the center of your screen is. It's quite useful if you've got a ship that's got an off-center cockpit, like the Adder. Or an so, FDL. Lance has one, hasn't it? Yeah, if you go to controls, 
Oh, where is it? Pick fart, pick fart, pick fart. Yeah, it's, pick it is the mouse widget. Yeah, yeah, just turn it on. It just. He soiled his undergarments and he There is a. They've, just, they've changed where all the options are. There is an option in there that turns it on a little dot in the center of your screen. And I'll find it. I'll find it and let you know at the end. So that you can Show, show mouse is on or off, that's it, it's under so mouse controls. Does that show the dot that's in the middle of your HUD, or is that specific to the mouse? Yes, that shows the dot that's in the middle oh, of your okay. HUD. That is it. it. Yeah, that is it, yeah. That's, quite, that's you know, quite useful sometimes if you want to know where the dead centre of your, uh, your screen is. Yep. Um, I find that actually very handy for docking an anaconda, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, when you're going through the mouse slot as well, where, you know, where to be kind of in relation to the slot it's quite useful um and the other thing about weapons is obviously you've got turrets which i've not really mentioned turrets turrets are okay you know they'll lock on to the closest target or not as the case may be um and all three of the weapons have different power and different cost turrets are very very expensive um, and they do the least amount of damage gimbals do less damage than fixed so if you if damage is your thing and you've got time to practice combat fixed weapons are, th are going to be your thing uh, but if if you're not going to be locking onto your target as much if you're not competent or confident some people don't want to use fixed i don't always fly with flicks sometimes i use gimbaled um go with gimbaled because if you're going to be hitting the target more with gimbaled you're going to be making up that damage difference, if that makes sense. Because you're going to be hitting them more because you've got that, that gimbaled option to actually kind of track your, your target. And I'm guessing that would also affect, you know, say you're, you, you would never want, say, fixed weapons in a in a anaconda, say. Whereas if you're in a vulture or an eagle, something that's fairly manoeuvrable. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, some people, I, I have heard, and I do know some people who have fixed weapons in a conta, and they're a special type of masochist. Um, <laughs> because it is, you know, it's like steering a bus. Well, we all know, you know what an anaconda's like. Um, it's, yeah, you can, by all means you can. But, yeah, if you're in a, typically if you're in a larger ship, you're going to want gimbaled if you're in, like you say, a, a vulture or a fass or a, or a cobra. Fixed might be might be good. Um, I'm yeah, sorry, I'm, ju I'm, just I'm, I'm chuckling away to myself here because I'm just thinking about the vast majority of our listeners with that statement. We all know what it's like to fly an anaconda. I think there must be a lot of people out there that still haven't managed to achieve an anaconda. <laughs> the price of it. It's like, oh yeah, we all know what like, anaconda's like. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I did in beta once when it was like, you know, in beta when it was the, one of the really early betas. But um, I think in the more recent betas where it's like they're down to 10% of their normal price, I still couldn't afford the beta anaconda. <laughs> oh, really? But, uh, no, it's essentially what you're saying about turrets, though, because I found with the... First of all, when I tried the keel back in beta and actually yeah. then when I went to the Asp Explorer, I, I put turreted, because I, really, I don't really like the turreted weapons particularly, um, but I found with the Asp Explorer that, I've need, that I felt like I needed turrets just because it turns... Yeah. so badly yeah, um yeah. but uh yeah it's difficult though because like you say they are comparatively weak weapons i think my logic was i mean I'm, I'm slightly from some of the stuff you've been saying today i'm actually a little bit over over armed in a sense because i've got two gimbal beam lasers two turreted pulse lasers and then gimbal multi-cannons 
Um, and oh, I think, okay. well, you know, the logic behind it was that my turreted pulse lasers would kind of harry their shields while I was trying to turn and kind of get a shot on them. And actually then when I finally did get them in my sights, I'd kind of unload the multi-cannons into them. That was the sort of logic, but it hasn't worked out terribly well for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But by the sounds of things, I mean, would you consider, you know, things like the new, with, with the changes to stuff, would you consider the um, projectile weapons, like the, the, you know, the missiles and the, the torpedoes, a valid offensive weapon now? Yes. Um, missiles, yeah. Not particularly against shields, but missiles against hull are great. Um, torpedoes, they're great as well, but they're also prohibitively expensive. And you only, if you're fitting a small torpedo, um, a torpedo in a small um, weapons area, you're only going to get one. And if you put can it you, in a medium just, area... Yeah, so can get... you just clarify? So you, can you just clarify? I, I, I know the difference in, in real terms, but in terms of the game, can yeah. you just clarify the difference between the missiles and the torpedoes? Because I've been looking, and to me, they look the same. Yeah, they look in the, in the game. They don't look massively different, but the, the huge difference is torpedoes are a bit slower. Frontier have buff the damage they do a bit but they've also nerfed them in a, in, in, in a way that they've got an arming time so if you fire a torpedo there is i can't remember what the time is i think it's two seconds or so where the torpedo has to arm itself before it can do any uh, damage so if you're right like on top the, of like the hunt for red october yeah 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 so if you're right on top of your opponent and you fire a torpedo at them it's just going to bounce off them like a matchstick right. because it's not armed um, whereas something like um, um, dumbfire missiles, they arm. I can't remember if they've got a delay with their arming. They might have, but they're generally a lot better. So you could, you've got two varieties. You've obviously got the dumbfire missiles, or you've got the guided missiles, and both of them are great. Obviously, with the guided ones, you get a lock on. They are limited in ammo. Um, far less so than the, the dump fire. So you kind of have to make a decision, well, do I want dump fire or do I want, you know, the lock-on ones? But either way, they work better against targets that don't have a shield. So you would have you would have had to have stripped the shield first. Um, otherwise, you're going to be doing minimal damage or you're going to be need to firing a lot, particularly with dump fires, to, to get anything shields down that's bigger than I don't know, an eagle or a cobra, anything bigger than that is just going to be chuckling, really. Speaking about chuckling, <clears throat> uh, since they've changed stuff in the uh, the beta, uh, point defense are now uh, green, which gave, gave me the, the, the shock of my life because I thought I was getting my ass completely and utterly <laughs> fired up in my python. Uh, and it turned out it was actually my point face that's trying to get everybody else as opposed to me getting my ass shot up. I was like, Who, what the hell's all these green lasers? Yeah, It's like something out of Star Wars. What the hell am I getting shot at by? And it yeah. turns out it was the point defense and now a little bit more vibrant than they were before. So are they, I mean, I've, I, I kitted them on because I had space and I had the cash, but are they actually worth having? Yeah, they definitely, they definitely are. They don't always work. I mean, I've seen some tests where they they'll miss missiles that are being shot or miss torpedoes that are being shot. But I think if you've got the space, fit them. Because the NPCs at the moment seem to be very, very missile trigger happy. You get you know, incoming missile alert, incoming missile alert, and you look on your radar and you just see all these white triangles flying towards you. Yeah. Um, 
so it, it, it doesn't harm i mean what some people i've, I've i know they've done if it if you're on a slightly larger ship is have two point defense one on the top and one under your ship so you're covered from both directions but as to the effectiveness of that the jury's still out but as i say if you've got the space put them on you're not you're not going to lose anything. I mean, certainly it might shoot down a missile or missile or two. And as you say, it looked pretty and it makes a funny noise. Um, and one thing that they have changed is your point defences used to shoot down your own missiles and torpedoes, which um, was interesting if you were using them previously. So that's that's been fixed. Cool. Well. I mean, that's, <laughs> sorry, the reason I'm uh, delayed is because I'm actually frantically scribbling away everything that you're saying. I don't know why I'm scribbling it down on my little notepad that's next to my computer, because obviously I could just re-listen to the podcast. But uh, I just feel that this is such good knowledge that I do not have that I need to somehow you know, make sure I capture it. Talking about, I was going to say, uh, debate, debate for next week. Uh, should all of this information that Andre's given us, um, should it be in game somewhere? <laughs> that goes back to the topic of signposting and whether or not Elite Dangerous does enough signposting in game and yeah maybe yeah. maybe that's something we can bring up at Lavecom when we actually got them on the panel <laughs> do you believe that you signpost stuff well enough in game I think we've asked them that before yeah well I think we just keep asking them until someone comes back and says yes yes I believe we do because at that moment <laughs> nobody says that they do um, okay what about uh, actually uh, techniques? What about technique? Because at the moment I'm in the, um, the hazardous res zones. Um, I come up against a ship that's got a, a, a decent combat rating and I literally, I go round and round and round in circles until I get bored um, and then get my ass shot out from underneath me. I mean, what sort of things can you do to try and avoid that? At the moment I'm obviously in a vulture, but... I'm not taking on anything above a master because I just go into this sort of merry-go-round loop to loop to loop because I just can't get them into my sights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a common thing. I think, you know, since since the AI has been upgraded and even when it's kind of had the crazy things taken off, the AI is a lot more tricky. And as you say, with their increased combat rank ratings, if you go up on an elite ship, they can be quite a challenge, as you say, just circling you all the time. Some things to counter that, obviously, it's it's ship dependent. So if you're flying a heavier ship, flying backwards still kind of works. Flick fight, flight assist off on. I know that sounds a bit confusing. <laughs> and, and put your ship into a reverse. And you can thrust up and pull down on your joystick or your Whatever, whatever mechanism you're using and you can usually align to the NPC that way another thing that you can do is what's called boost scooping um, which is if you've got power in your um, engines to boost is to turn flight assist off on boost deploy your cargo hatch and I know this sounds quite confusing but, but trust me once you've done it a couple of times it actually works um, and you can effectively pivot on the spot so flight assist off on boost deploy your cargo hatch because what your cargo hatch does is it acts as an air brake i know there's no air i know i know we're in a vacuum but but it, i don't know why it works or how it works but it it, it stops your ship it slows your ship right down. So instead of you doing a massive curve in space, you're, you're doing that turn, but on the spot. So you're pivoting on the spot. You can turn, even with a ship like a python, you can turn 
relatively quickly and you can get the NPC in front of you. So flight assist off on, boost, cargo scoop down, perform the turn, flick the cargo scoop off, flick flight assist on, off. <laughs> That's a confusing yeah, flight assist. Say, so for those people that are trying to scribble this down on a piece of paper, I've got uh, FA on, off, on, yeah. off, on, off, boost. I'll, 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 I'll go through it's it again. A, it's, 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 it's like snares. one of these cheat codes you used to get on the SNES. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Up, down, left, right, A, B. <laughs> okay, so the, 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 the concise version is flick your flight assist off on. So that's step one. Yeah. Step, step two is, is hit your boost button. Yeah. Step three is deploy your cargo hatch. You'll then start, obviously, you're, you're going to be pushing in the direction that you want to turn in yeah. and maybe use your thrusters as well. And once your turn's nearly finished, retract your cargo scoop and then flight assist off, you switch off and that's it. So that's the fifth step. Okay. And I mean, obviously you talk about the fact that, you know, it shouldn't be an air brake because there's no air brake in space. Is this, I mean, it sounds a little bit exploity to me. Is this something that, you know, Frontier are going to listen to this podcast to go, oh crap, did we not fix that? I thought we fixed yeah, that. Yeah, possibly, maybe. But Hang on, I, hang on. What? Frontier listen to this podcast. What? Yeah, <laughs> it has been known. Um, yeah, you can erase that part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so I mean... Has it always been the case, or is this an exploit? It, it, it's worked as long as, or at least I've known about it for four or five months, at least, maybe a little bit longer. Um, okay, and it, does it just work with, uh, with the cargo scoop? Because obviously well, the um, undercarriage as well seems to slow yeah. you down when you go into um, yeah, you can, dock. You can use your landing gear. The only thing that I think is negative with using your landing gear, and I've not tried this, but I've heard, so it could be Chinese whispers, is it increases the hitbox for your ship. So it okay. makes your ship a slightly bigger target because you've got your landing gear down. Okay. And as we are talking about random, random, what about lights? Having your lights on, do they make a difference to combat? Apart from making you look pretty in your screenshots, um, not really. Okay, fine. So um, the other thing I haven't done since I, I scrapped sort of um, a voice attack, not because voice attack isn't very good, I just haven't set it up since I installed a new computer. Um, I used to have it all set so it would target subsystems and stuff, and I have not done any sort of subsystem targeting at all since, uh, well, probably in the last six months. Is that something that's worth revisiting? Uh, it is, It is. yeah. I'm, I just want to jump back to saying using your landing gear. Ben and I have just had a quick chat. And obviously you can't boost with your landing gear down, so that uh, doesn't work. Good point, yeah. Can I also um, just a quick question about when you're turning? Yeah. You're, you're pitching up and you've got your cargo scoop down. Yeah. Whenever I lower my cargo scoop, I've noticed it also badly affects my rate of pitch. Have you boosted? It, it, you boosted before you you put the hatch down, because what you should find is it puts all your kind of momentum into turning. It it, it, it does require a little bit of practice. Um, I'll admit, when I first started using it, I wasn't getting the results. But if you practice it, um, you should see some results. Okay, sounds like actually it's the perfect thing that one could maybe macro up using voice attack. Yeah, but by all means, it'd be worth trying it. And and jumping back, jumping back forwards to the uh, 
the module targeting. Yeah, that works great. Um, power plant targeting still helps NPCs, um, as does thrusters. Obviously, the power plant at naught blowing up a ship tends 90% of the time not to work anymore. So yeah. if you if you knock an NPC's power plant out, it's great though. If you're fighting an NPC, a bigger ship, and you knock out its power plant or its thrusters, it'll just sit there. They're still lying in the water, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They'll just sit there. If their thrusters are offline, they'll just drift slowly off into the distance, and you can just shoot them at, the, at your leisure, really. So it's still viable. Not so much with the smaller ships because you'll tend to destroy them you know, their hull, but. Things like if you're fighting against a python or, or an asp, even an asp, you know, you can knock out its its power plant relatively relatively easily. Um, and that's where things like multi-cannons or missiles or torpedo, um, particularly against, you know, if you've got an assassination mission, have a, have a torpedo or two. You know, you knock the anaconda's shield out, whack it with two torpedoes or three. You know, and you're going to knock that power plant out, and then you've got a nice little anaconda there sitting there saying, "Shoot me, I can't fire back." Awesome. Yeah, so it, it's worth just just thinking. As I, as I say, torpedoes for assassination mission are great because that's all what you that's all what you're going to be doing. Um, why great. Else have got? Jarvis. Uh, no, I was going to say I just tried your um, uh, cargo scoop turn. And uh, all I can say is, if, if it was something I was going to seriously think about, I need to remap the way my controls work. <laughs> and it's a real shame I haven't got a webcam pointed at my hand so you can see what I have to do to make that turn work. Because basically, I have a, um, I have flight assist off bound to a key on the base of my joystick. <laughs> so I have an old Microsoft Sidewinder Pro, which I've been rocking for about. God, it must be coming up for like 15 years I've had this joystick. Still love it. But it's got – all the buttons are on the base. It's not a it's not a dual thing like a uh, – like a, you know, whatever it is. Hot house. Name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're all hot house because hot house just means you keep – all your controls are on your joystick. Yeah. But, yeah, like a two-unit thing. So, But anyway, so Flight Assist Off is on the base of my joystick. Um, but – and I have it set to – um hold mode because i i generally only use flight assist off for in combat for making yep. my 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 flying a bit less predictable and also i found for turns if i want to turn really fast to turn flight assist off boost and pull back on the stick and i get really fast turns um so i have to keep i have to keep a finger on that button um but cargo scoop is c on the keyboard so what I have to do is press assist off with my left hand on the base of the joystick, then press boost with my right hand on the stick. Then I have to reach across my with my right hand, press C, then come back to the joystick and pull up. That's quite yeah. hard. I'm not yeah. sure I'll be. I either need to remap my controls or that's not going to be a strategy. That's a, re- <laughs> that's a remap right there. It's, yeah. it's quite funny to watch. It's quite funny to watch me do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily very practical but yeah yeah it's interesting yeah i mean yeah it, it's something you know it, it's worth trying um whether or not you use it long term you know is another thing but i you know once i learned about it i remapped my controls and now i can't think of not using it you know it's kind of got into muscle memory now because yeah. i've been doing it for you know a few months 
and as someone said in Twitch, I should I keep saying I've been do you know what I've been saying this on the podcast for like I it's not been out for that. I was going to say three years. It's not been that long, but probably at least two years. I keep saying I'm going to try a voice attack one of these days. Still haven't tried it. Oh, so you're maybe, missing out. I know it looks really good, and I just I I just keep forgetting <laughs> to try. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I think it's because it always annoys me when I've been playing with people and they're in like voice chat, and you can just hear them going, "Super Cruise, Ben, Pips to shields, Pips to weapons, shields, Pips to weapons." No, Mister Stabler was worse for that because he he mapped up his, his joystick. So every single time you hear something like defense pattern alpha, and you'd go, "What? <laughs> what was he doing?" <laughs> Is he- he, he, he managed to. Re- he can record certain joystick movements with yeah, uh, with voice attack. So he'd done that to do some basic evasive maneuvers, and, it, and then we were all playing together. And all of a sudden, over the over the rate of the voice chat, you hear defense pattern alpha, <laughs> and I swear we couldn't keep a straight face. We couldn't. In fairness, he did get quite a lot of piss taken out of that. <laughs> Just call it, you don't want to call it that. You want to you want to go uh, sci-fi references like say, execute maneuver Picard Alpha One. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, okay, where where were we, Andre, in your uh, in your list? So, uh, are we okay for time still? Yeah, I'm... we'll crack on. I mean, I don't mind this episode running a bit uh, a bit long, basically because I need all the information you can possibly give me. So it doesn't matter if we run over. Cool. Okay. Well, the next thing, kind of playing to combat is before you get into combat and i know i touched on this earlier with the interdictions is have an exit strategy before you start fighting so if you're in uh hazres you're obviously going to be mass locked by asteroids so already have another system ready for you to high wake to you're still going to be mass locked by by the asteroids but once you get clear you'll already have that part of the procedure set um, it's just it's just a little thing um, but it's just worth bearing in mind you know you're going into combat well what's going to happen when I leave you know I'll have a system locked and ready to roll if I need to know you know you need to do a certain robin you need to get out of there so it's just kind of having that that situational awareness um, that I touched on before with interdictions because it, it it helps because what excuse me what tends to happen is you know when you're getting shot up is you just start panicking you're just like okay what do i need to do what do i need to do what am i doing now okay i i need to i need to get out of here oh i can't uh, and you just want to kind of take as many steps out of that panic as you can just by having you know another system locked to that you can jump to yeah. should you get attacked um or, or should you know you bite off more than you can chew because it does happen you know when you go into a red site um another thing is reboot and repair now has, has anybody actually used that uh, i tried it when i ran out of fuel didn't give me any more fuel to my <laughs> I've, I've used it a couple of times when uh when i've been someone's taken out my power plant yeah yeah, yeah. I, I did when i've accidentally done a sun dive uh, once or twice or three times or maybe even four times. Yeah, and, I, managed, I managed. I managed to cook my ship sufficiently once. I had to reboot. Yeah, and, and some people don't don't realise that you can do that. You know, if their power plant power plant goes offline or their frame shift drive is crippled, 
but you know you've got no one attacking you maybe you're crippled for whatever reason use the re the reboot repair option over on your right panel um it's right down the arm right down the bottom right above self-destruct which obviously you don't want to do um and the reboot repair function actually looks pretty cool i don't know if you can remember when you've used it but the ship shuts down you get lots of diagnostic stuff coming up um, and that, you know, it can make all the difference between you just self-destructing or you just blowing up. Um, and you can reboot repair. Um, and this only tends to apply in the larger ships that have got bigger holes in combat. So if you're trying to run away in a, in a larger ship and your drives are offline or your FSDs offline, you've got nothing to lose by trying it. It might not work in time. You might blow up. Um, but you know you're not going to get anywhere unless at least you know you know you give it a try. Yeah, it's good advice because again, until I ran out of car, until I ran out of fuel, I never even saw that button. So it really does look quite cool when everything came back on. Um, still said I had no fuel, so it didn't really help me, <laughs> and I had to hit the uh, self-destruct button, which was embarrassing. But it does it does sound like it could be quite a good, useful thing to use in combat, and I must admit I never have. So yeah, I mean. If all else fails, you know, if you think you're going to die anyway, do it. I mean, you know, I've got out of some, out of some nasty scrapes by, by using that. And, you know, it repairs, you get out, you manage, you know, it's one of those moments that you kind of remember, you know, you, you're down to like 5% hole, the reboot repair works, you jumped out, and yeah, it's really cool. You survived to, to fight another day, so it's quite useful. Yeah. And another thing with combat, jumping from that is obviously with the advent of 2.1 we've got the engineers if you upgrade things like your shields or your thrusters that's obviously going to give you that extra edge in combat i know we've all seen the kind of the uh, the wrath of the uh, the ai for that week your ships can be like that i mean it is i mean you know some people some people say it is a bit of a grind and maybe it is Maybe it isn't. If you like doing a little bit of treasure hunting, it, it it can be useful. I mean, certainly the drive and the thruster upgrades can really, again, give you that extra edge. In I mean, we we talked about this before when uh, when we were all getting fish and stuff, and then obviously it went live, and yeah, you know, the stuff that they needed, the various different components were scattered all over the galaxy is there any way that you can actually sort of has it appeared on any wiki or anything like that what stuff you're going to need and where you can possibly get it from yeah um the website some folks may have may have heard of inara so it's i-n-a-r-a dot c-z they've got a lovely section in there um it's been up about a week or so where you can select galaxy engineers it will tell you where the engineers are, what the requirements are to get friendly with them. And it'll also tell you what upgrades they've got and what they need for those upgrades. And it will tell you how to get them. So it gives you everything. And all you need to do is go, okay, I need X, Y, and Z. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, for the high level stuff, there's different levels you know there's level one to five the level five stuff is a bit crazy it's it's you know some of the stuff is quite hard to find but the level one stuff is is quite doable um if you're you know if you if you, if you go out and do mining if you like doing mining i mean i like going out and doing mining you can generally pick up a lot of the materials just in your day-to-day -day activities and then just you know have a look i can upgrade my shields or 
I can upgrade my thrusters or my weapons. Um, it's it's worth looking at at least. Okay, I must admit, mining is one of those things I, I again need to go back and revisit. But I mean, if I kitted out an entire ship for sort of mining, um, would that be the same ship that I'd want to take those um, components on to the engineer to fix? So, say I'm in a an ASP for my mining ship, and actually, what I want to do is update my uh, my vulture. There's no way of getting those components from the mining over to my vulture to take to the engineers, is there? Uh, there is, but you'd need a ship that's got the same weapon size as the ship that you want to transfer it to. So the ASP has got two medium hard points and four small. The Vulture's got two large. So you would need to take a ship that's got, if it, again, if this is talking specifically about weapons, you'd need to take a ship that's got two large hard points. So they need to, they need to be a, a, an even kill with two ships. Yeah. Um, but then you can. So how that would work? So I don't know. Let's say you've got an orca instead of an asp. So you've got your orca. You've taken it there. You decided you want an engineered beam laser. You fit it to the orca. You then take it to wherever your vulture is, and you then sell that component on your orca. You then switch over to your vulture, and you then buy back that weapon, and it will keep all the upgrades. I know there's a big issue about, you know, there's no storage for my weapons at the moment. You know, there's no storage for my shields. Yeah. Uh, this is the only kind of way to fudge it, I guess, is that you can't do that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know you were able to do that. So you can basically sell your weapons, change ships, and then buy your weapons back. Yes, you've got kind of buyer's remorse. I'm not sure <laughs> the time for it, but if you leave the station and jump out, into another system and come You're back. It, yeah, it's gone. If you log yeah. off and back in, I think after a period, you're screwed. So you need to be conscious and do it there and then. And, you know, swap the bits and bits and pieces around on your system. And as we, as you touched on miners, um, one little tip if you are going out mining is don't go to a res site. They're far too dangerous now. Um, go to an area that's just on the ring that's not near has uh, has res or a high res and just dip into the ring sometimes an npc will follow you in if it does sometimes it's a mining npc so they'll leave you alone if it's a, a bandit npc you can simply just go back into super cruise go along a little bit further and drop back in and eventually you'll get in on your own i mean what i generally suggest if you can take a weapon or two on your mining ship do it but if not just do that a few times and you'll get into you know that mining ring on your own you won't have to worry about npc scanning you for the mother load that you may or not may not be carrying um, and you can just get on with with, with mining just be prepared to high wake etc when you're on your way back to sell it because the npcs have got a nasty knack now of figuring out oh You've got that tasty cargo. That, that they and want. what's your what's your loadout for a, a standard mining vessel? I mean, is it now? Do you have to have the limpets and stuff? For oh yeah, I mean, if you have prospector limpets, um, they increase the yield of asteroids. Um, I can't remember the, the the percentage, but it's it's by a good amount, and I would definitely recommend. And you can also see the composition of 
of an asteroid and you can you can use Inara um, and there's an area on the frontier forum for miners that have got a list of sites with what's called pristine areas so that gives you things like panite and and, ah. and palladium so there's a number of those so it's not just any kind of ring that you go to there are certain specific ones that have got high yield stuff and things like panite um, can give you up to about 75k per ton so it's an, it can I mean it, it, it's not you know mining's never going to earn you millions and billions of credits but I personally find it quite enjoyable as do a number of members of, of the group that I'm with um, cool well I mean have uh, have we wrung the sponge dry? Have you got anything else that you could possibly uh, impart in terms of wisdom? Because, I mean, Andre, that's been absolutely amazing. Uh, it's been absolutely hey, phenomenal. Thank you for inviting me. Um, not at the moment, but there's always there's always stuff to kind of learn and and for me to kind of impart. So you. If, if you want me to come back or you need me to come back, I'm more than happy to. It's been no, uh, you're more than welcome to come back. You are more than welcome to be our resident uh, battle sensei. Uh, and every oh. time that they make any changes in game, we can get you back on. Oh, please do. Please do. <laughs> awesome. Um, whereabouts can people find you and also uh, the, um, uh, the, uh, the Paladin Consortium? Paladin Consortium, you can find out more about the group that I'm with um, on Inara. If you go to Inara and look at the wings section, you'll see that the third group near the top of the list is called Paladin Consortium, and it's got all about us. It's got a couple of videos that we've made about things that we've been doing. Um, we've also got a forum that you can visit, and we've also got a Discord server, which is a live text chat service that we use for kind of in-game communication which which is good fun you know it's a way that we kind of keep in contact with each other superb and if they wanted to follow you directly have you got a twitter handle um don't have a twitter handle um the paladin consortium have a youtube channel that if you search youtube for um, you can follow us there we've got some videos but but generally it's an hour that we use and we post stuff on Brilliant stuff. Well, as I say, that has been uh, amazing. I have got uh, pages and pages worth of scribbled notes. And of course, I will be going back through this podcast uh, to pick up all the stuff that I've missed. So uh, I'm going to try and put this into practice. And with any luck, I might even survive a couple of these hazardous res sites, at least for a few days or so. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm glad to be of help. Excellent. Okay. Well, before we uh, wrap this up, guys, is there anything else anybody else wants to uh, wants to cover off before we we close down episode one one two? Yeah. Um, if if you've got about two minutes, um, last Friday, uh, as part of the Xbox Horizons release, um, I decided to, to download it and have a muck about, and found out that you can actually stream from the Xbox. I never knew that before. So uh, what I'm going to do is, uh, I think on a about 11 o'clock every Friday, I'm going to have a stream running on the Xbox in Horizons, trying to show off how pathetic I am with an Xbox controller. So if anybody wants to come along and laugh, feel free. Yeah, I'll be there, front row seats with my popcorn. I will be expecting. <laughs> I was be expecting mayhem, considering I know for a fact you haven't picked up that controller for such a long time. Um, we should says also the, go on. It's the man who went into an asteroid with his fuel out. Ah, yeah, I've got. I have no words. None. 
No words, no excuses, just none. Um, okay, we should also just mention as well that obviously that LaveCon is uh, rapidly approaching. It's obviously the 16th and 17th of July. The hotel itself is completely sold out, but people are now spilling into surrounding hotels. So you can go and check out uh, the LaveCon site at laveradio.com if you want some recommendations for some hotels. Uh, there are some tickets still available in terms of day tickets. And, of course, we've got to mention a quick thank you to our LaveCon sponsors, the wonderful guys over at EdTracker and the wonderful guy at Old One Productions. So, obviously, EdTracker, everybody knows. If you've been watching the stream with Jarvis, he's been using his EdTracker tonight. Uh, Old One Productions, you might not know, they are quality art prints, T-shirts, and chess sets for the horror and sci-fi fans. Check them out at oldoneproductions.com. And EdTracker is, of course, at edtracker.org.uk. Well... That's it for another episode of Lay Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at layradio.com, Facebook forward slash Lay Radio, at Lay Radio on Twitter, or you can join our Discord channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Lay Radio. Our TeamSpeak server is layradio.teamspeak.com. Lay Radio, of course, is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com forward slash live. Thanks for everybody that's joined us in the game tonight. Thank you very much to Jarvis, to Colin, to Ben, and, of course, to Andre. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. I'm going to see the galaxy.